welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. It's a rare public rift between the Republican and Democratic leaders of the Senate Intelligence Committee over their investigation into Russia and the Trump campaign. Yesterday, Republican Chairman Richard Burr said the committee had found no evidence of collusion, but Senator Mark Warner, the top Democrat, Democrat on the committee disagreed, saying the investigation is still ongoing and the committee still had to interview some key witnesses. Joining me is William Banks, a professor at Syracuse University Law School. Bill, how do you read Burr's comments? Well, I, I think that Burr uh, was, was caught by the interviewer to answer a specific question about the state of play at that particular date, and he gave an accurate answer. They had no conclusive evidence of uh, of conspiracy or collusion at that time but you know his his colleague senator warner is absolutely correct that there's more to do several witnesses have yet to return to the committee uh, in part because they're still undergoing proceedings related to Mueller's investigation so the answer is uh, is one that we shouldn't or the riff uh, i think we shouldn't take it too seriously because the committee will be back together, and indeed, for nearly two years now, uh, those two have managed a bipartisan investigation. I expect they'll continue. There's also a question of what is meant by evidence and direct evidence, which it seems that both Democrats and Republicans are saying there is no direct evidence. Are they referring to a smoking gun? Because juries sometimes have to draw conclusions based on indirect evidence and circumstantial evidence. Well, that's true. So, you know, the, when when they're done, when the rest of the witnesses have returned and they lay it all out, then uh, there'll be a chance for us to derive circumstantial evidence. I think, you know, among we, we've got Michael Cohen yet coming back. There's Paul Manafort. And now there's a lot of attention being focused on uh, an inadvertent uh, leak last week of uh, of some statements made in a, in a hearing related to Manafort that uh, there's a special interest in the, in a meeting between Manafort and a, and a Russian named uh, Kilimnik uh, that focused on uh, uh, both uh, interest in solving a, a problem in the Ukraine uh, to uh, Russia's satisfaction and on, uh, and on Trump polling data that uh, was passed between Manafort or Rick Gates to this Russian operative who had ties to the intelligence agencies there. As far as the Mueller report goes, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, William Barr, who is going to be the next attorney general, and his statements that he would like to give as much information as possible in that report to the public, but there may be things that have to be concealed due to security concerns. What do you, where do you think he stands right now as far as revealing the Mueller report? You know, it is hard to tell, and he was, uh, he was a little bit coy, I think, in the hearings and uh, in committing to a specific position. But we have to understand that we don't yet know, none of us knows what form the Mueller report is going to take. This is, this is not like Watergate. This is not like uh, uh, Ken Starr and, uh, and President Clinton, where they had a specific 
uh, charge about reporting based on a statute, the Ethics and Government Act, that, as we know, the, the whole Mueller investigation has been conducted pursuant to Justice Department regulations, not pursuant to a law enacted by Congress. And those regulations don't specify a full report to Congress. So we could be looking at any number of different formats for report, uh, length, content, degree of uh, uh, specificity. Uh, So it's probably not fair for us to prejudge what Barr might do when none of us, including Barr, uh, knows what the report's going to look like. There is a court decision during the Watergate era that allowed the House to review the evidence that Watergate prosecutors had assembled against former President Richard Nixon. And that states that Congress has the right to obtain all evidence. So will that give the congressional investigators an in I think it does. I mean, those are important principles. I think Congress, of course, has a constitutional responsibility to conduct uh, investigations within its purview, and certainly following the laws of the United States is uh, within its purview of investigation. So I think courts would tend to be very supportive of efforts by Congress to obtain the information. First, we need a dispute, though. Uh, so far, there's no dispute. And <laughs> I think it's likely that the information is going to come to Congress one way or the other. Uh, you and I have talked several times about the position of President Trump here. It, it, given the politics, even though there's a, a Democratic House, since we still have a strongly Republican Senate, the prospects of impeachment are uh, are still very uh, much in the in the distance and highly unlikely. And unless that uh, circumstance changes dramatically, I think then there would be little pressure on Barr uh, or on Mueller not to have the uh, uh, materials that he has, whatever format takes, widely disseminated in Congress with appropriate redactions and such. Yeah, Something that's been suggested, talked about, if the Mueller report is not released in full, is calling Mueller to testify before one of the House committees. How would that work? Would it work? It could work, uh, again, so long as, as he's not revealing secret grand jury information or uh, you know, compromising intelligence sources or methods. He could freely uh, testify because the, the, there's nothing in the Justice Department regulations that would prohibit him, prohibit him from doing so. That would be very interesting, and that would it grab would ratings, as, as we thought Michael Cohen's would until uh, he backed out of it. Now, yeah. I want to talk about some, I would call, extraordinary or even bizarre comments that uh, Trump's former lawyer, John Dowd, made. One of the things he said was that he was afraid that the president couldn't handle an interview with Mueller because he would, if he didn't know the answer, he would just say anything. Is that strange for a lawyer to talk about a former client that way? It's very strange. Mr. Dowd didn't do himself any uh, credit or service by making those comments. I'm certainly uh, certain that current counsel is very disturbed uh, about Dowd's behavior. Uh, he, he may be right, of course, uh, but that's not something that the counsel wants to say about a client in such a high-profile matter as this. 
it, it, it's it's certainly it, this whole case has been unusual from start to finish. The things that lawyers have done, including uh, Michael Cohen. Do you believe that Michael Cohen at this point will be testifying at one of these committees before he goes to prison? Because he keeps on putting it off. I think he will. Uh, I think he has been putting it off, but I think he can't put it off forever. And I think it's going to behoove him to to come forward. And, you know, I think he probably at the end of the day will will be at least in the House, if not in the Senate. Yeah, I noticed that uh, what we started out talking about was that Senator Burr, and he mentioned uh, he was a little bit aggravated, you could say, uh, that uh, Cohen had put it off. But they could always call him from prison and get him to come in. But I suspect that they don't really want to do that. But it is a possibility. Yeah. It is a possibility, right? He's he's not going anywhere where he can't be reached, that's for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Phil, as always. That's William Banks. He's a professor at Syracuse University Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.